Hello, hello everyone. Hello, hello out there. How's everyone out there doing? We pray that you are blessed. We pray that the Lord is still providing for you and all of your needs, both physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever the case may be, we pray that God is taking care of you. I'm going to jump right in. Um, we've been talking about cabin thinking and we're going to start today. We've been talking about relationships. This thing is really challenging. Um, is anybody out there been trying um, to set some boundaries in their lives since we've started since last week? Um, have, are you still practicing enabling or are we allowing God to actually do his part? Because we have to, uh, in order to practice the things of God, we have to trust what he says and his word is fully and infallibly the truth. Mm -hmm. And we have to practice it in bite sizes because you got to realize these are things that we have established in our lives as truth. Mm -hmm. So we actually have to actually give them up as they come up. It's not something, it's not, I don't want you to think that one day I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to stop this. And then you stop it forever. You stop it moment by moment as it comes up, because you know, it's going to try to come back up on you, but you know what to do now. Now that you have a knowledge of what's actually going on, now it makes you responsible for your response to God. Yeah. So as it come up, I'm not saying this stuff is going to be easy because we've been practicing a different way. But now we can say, oh, God, I see the error of my ways. And now, God, I need you to help me to do the right thing at the right time. All right. So we, we, we need to realize that relationships Everything hinges on relationships. Everything hinges on relationships, whether spiritually or physically or, you know, and, you know, whatever the case may be, it all hinges, hinges on relationships. So if we're believing things that are not true about us. Then we're believing what the devil wants us to believe instead of what God wants us to believe. The enemy wants to tell us that we are hopeless for change, that we're victim of our that we are victims of our circumstances, which is far from the truth. And he wants us to survive being somewhat happy, being somewhat saved, being somewhat successful. But that's a whole lie. See, what you have to realize about the devil is he is into real estate. The devil never wants to rent any space. Uh -huh. He wants to own you yes. so that he can control you. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of sin, I think it said, it said 11 of the whole loaf. And you got to see sin as the same thing. It's going to, sin never stays contained. Uh -huh. It continuously grows and grows and grows and never think you can control sin. Never think that you can control it. Don't even entertain it. It is out to kill you. It is out to own your life. So we have to realize what the devil is trying to do in our lives. And we want to think about this. Every thought that comes to us mm -hmm. comes to us in seed form. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a seed. So he throws it out there and sees if you're going to catch it. But mm -hmm. it's just a seed. Now, we either make it grow or we kill it yes. by how we respond to it. Mm -hmm. Thoughts to the mindsets, and then we have the outcomes. Mm -hmm. So we create that cycle. But you have to know your boundaries. Your boundaries de determine the realm of the relationship of others. 
The whole concept of boundaries has to do with the fact that we exist for relationships. Therefore, boundaries are really about relationships and love. You don't love yourself if you don't set boundaries. You have to love yourself and others enough to set boundaries. We suffer when we do not communicate, not just you set the boundaries, but you have to communicate your boundaries. Yes. When other people go to, to actually cross your, your boundary, you have, you have to stop them from going over that boundary in your life. If you set the boundary, then you need to stay in that boundary. Don't keep setting boundaries and then letting people, you know, just kind of plow into your life. No, 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 no. I don't allow this in my life. I don't want this in my life. And you know what? These people have to be the, in a relationship that's going to help to build you and, be, and understand where you're going. Because you don't want anybody fighting against you the whole time. But set your boundaries. If I want good friends, then I'm going to be a good friend. Yeah. So you have to be what you expect others All to right. be in your life. Right. And let me tell you again, pursue relationships. Don't wait for people to come to you to foster a relationship. You need relationships. Foster relationships. Yeah. Reach out, especially during this time. We have to reach out, care for one another. You may discover something else different, but as long as the devil can keep us separated, he can keep us judging one another yeah. instead of knowing one another. Yeah. So that's why it's important to reach out and, and foster meaningful relationships. Yeah. And we talked about those three circles. All right. So we are not powerless in this behavior. So whatever we decide, we can stick to it with the help of the Lord. You have the power to submit any inability to God. I don't want you to see that as something that's just casual. It's a power to submit something to God that you cannot handle. Yeah. We all have the fear of setting boundaries, but why do we fear setting boundaries? Number one, we fear rejection. Are we giving to others in a way that is depressing us? See, relationships are a two-way street, but you can't just give to your depressed. Every, every time you give, it should bring a joy in your life. It's the cheerful giver. Yeah. But if you're giving to the point of depression, then you have to do some introspect. Yeah. Am I giving because I'm afraid of being rejected? Or, or am I giving because I'm afraid that I'm going to lose love? Or am I giving because um, the person will get angry at me? Do we fear loss of love? Do we fear abandonment? Do we fear loneliness? Do we fear guilt? Or have you become a slave of favors? And are you just the person that's addicted to people's approval to the point that is devastating for you? We are addicts of people's opinions and approval. We comply with everything and therefore we're left with nothing. And this is the reason why we have to set some boundaries in our life. We have to set some spiritual boundaries. We have to set financial boundaries. Yes. We have to set boundaries. If we love ourselves, yes. Yes. then we become, then we act as though we're victims of our own actions but we blame others. God wants real relationship with us and wants us to have real relationships with each other. Real relationships mean that I am in the light. Uh -huh. So you can't be darkness trying to 
kill everybody else's life. I must be walking in truth to be authentic. You have to know who you are. You have to know who God is. You have to constantly be on the operating table, allowing God to take out those things that are killing you. You have to stay before God. I can't say it enough. When something comes up, quickly give it to God. When it's contrary to the word of God, lay out before him. Lord, that's not right. I agree with your word. And I need you to come into my life and fix My feelings fix these emotions because they are not lining up with the word of God. You have to do inventory all the time on you. I'm walking in the light. I have my boundaries. And, you know, you have to communicate these boundaries. I dare say everybody, once you set your boundaries in the first 24 hours, you're going to have to verbally say no that's outside of my boundaries. Some of us have no boundaries at work. You know, we'll we'll take all the hours. Some of us have no boundaries in our marriage as far as giving and taking. Some of us have no boundaries with our kids because what the problem is, is we haven't been healed in some area. So we feel like giving actually compensates for what's missing in our lives. But we have to be healed and we have to be whole. All right. So let's talk about this virus. This virus that I want to address tonight is called envy. Envy. This disconnected feeling. Now, we're talking about relationships. Now, when we get into relationships, you got to make sure your stuff is right. Mm -hmm. Envy will kill any relationship. Envy, that disconnected feeling that arises in the selfish heart. The view of superiority of another, nearly tantamount or jealousy, according to Psalms 37 and 1, Psalms 73 and 3, Proverbs 24 and 1, and Philippians 1 15, is a malignant passion that yeah. sees others other, other qualities and converts it, often resulting in hate for the processor. Envying is in Ill will, malice, spite. It is accompanied by every evil thing. It always desires and often strives to degrade others, not so much because it aspires after elevation as because it delights in obscuring those who are more deserving. So basically, envy always puts a lie on other people's success. Mm-hmm. So are you that person? Now, 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 now. You got to answer these questions for yourself. Yeah. Do I have an underlying spirit of envy in my life when I hear of somebody that is excelling more than me and I have been faithful? Do I have the spirit of envy? Do I envy somebody that's doing less than me that ends up with more than me? You got to really bring it home. I mean, saints, these are the stuff that is scary about missing God. Yes, yes. So you have to really underline, am I envious of somebody? Am I envious of what someone else has? Envy is a matter of perspective. Yes. Envy is a foolish, sinful emotion. It is unthankful for what God has given you and covets what those have that's not that that that's outside of your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Envy is looking at what someone else has and not being content with what you have. Come on. 
So what you've done is, or what we have done is taken our eye off of all the blessings that God has done in our lives. And we look across at somebody else who may have put in some work, who may have went after that dream with fear in their heart. And we envy them because we don't have the courage to stand up where we are and do what God says to do and trust God that he's fair, he's just, and he's gonna come through. This envy goes beyond jealousy. It's a spirit. It controls you. So when you hear of something good, are you excusing why they got what they got? Oh, she's at the top of the ladder because, you know, she might have slept her way up there or she just knew the right person. Well, how about you know the right person? You know the master of the universe who can do anything. But you got to realize I was talking to Bishop this week and he, he was talking about being seen or being revealed or you know not being the best kept secret and bishop said something so profound it is so important that god hides you until you're ready can you imagine it is better to be a hidden secret than a public disaster and sometimes god is keeping us from disaster Yes. yes you may have everything you need to actually complete what you think you can do But it's something else going on. God is hiding you for an appointed time because once he reveals you, he knows that the glory is going to come into the earth because you're ready to give him glory and you're not ready to stand in his way in any kind of way. So it's better to be hidden Mm -hmm. than to be a public disaster. All right. Not only the things that are, it, it not only wants the things that another person have, but it begrudges the fact that they have it. And then it's not only the things to be taken away. They don't, they don't only want the things to be taken away, but they want them to suffer through the loss of them. So you see how this spirit is just nasty. nasty. I don't, I, I, I'm not going to admit that I want what you have, but I want you to lose it. And I want it to be in a in a nasty, suffering way. And that's the spirit of envy. You actually sit around and wait for others' destruction. And that's what envy does in your life. It's like rust. It just corrupts. And it doesn't stop so everything is eroded in your life. So let's see what the Bible says about envy. Romans 13, 13 through 14 says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie, and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Make no provision for the flesh. We always have to be on flesh alert. What is speaking to me? Lord, is it you or is it my flesh? You all, we always have to be on flesh alert. Why do I want this thing? Do I want this thing to fill a massive void in my life? Or do I want it because I want God to get the glory? Our victory is in our dying. We must die to get victory. As according to 1 Corinthians 15, 31. And then we go to Galatians 5, 25 through 26. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Yes, let yes. us not become conceited, 
provoking one another, envying one another. And then we go to 1 Peter 2 and 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit. Yes, yes. Deceit is worse than a lie. Deception is worse than a lie. Hypocrisy, Uh envy, and all evil speaking. This is why we must be aware of ourselves and quickly invite God in. We forfeit our position and power Mm -hmm. when we are envious. We lose all that we fought for. We lose our anointing. We lose our sight. We become the center of our lives over what somebody else has that might not not even be for you. And sometimes if you had it, it would destroy you. Mm -hmm. God won't put more on you than you can bear. That's that's not for problems. That's for prosperity as well. What does envy do? Job 5 and 2. For wrath kills a foolish man and uh-huh. envy slays a simple one. On. Proverbs 14 30 says a sound heart is like life to the body but envy is rottenness to the bones. Yes, we yes. got to see things the way God sees them. First Corinthians 3 3 says for you are still carnal for where there are envy strife and divisions among you are you not carnal and behaving like men. Mm-hmm. It robs um, our peace and our happiness. He is dissatisfied with what he has Mm -hmm. and is always wanting more. And, you know, it's just what do you know? We have to take time and cultivate what we want from God. And the problem is, is that we're so lazy about our success. We're so lazy about the word of God. We're so lazy in our pursuit of God. But at the same time, we want what others have sacrificed for to be ours without a price. Anointing comes with a price tag. I don't care what nobody said. Yes, God can anoint anything. But when you want something in God, it has a price tag. Do you want it bad enough? Now, this price tag doesn't come to destroy you, but it comes to make you. Every single thing you go through makes you who God wants you to be. Yes, yes. It makes you. Envy often drives a person into crime and lawlessness. Mm -hmm. Envy often leads to physical problems. If you're one out there, you you keep suffering from migraine headaches, high blood pressure, Mm -hmm. ulcers, and it even affects the bones, according to Proverbs. So can you see how this thing is destroying us? Envy also causes emotional problems ranging from neurosis and depression and to psychotic behavior. It leaves us stuck and resentful. It leads to self-pity. And once you get into self-pity, that's where the devil wants you. Self-pity weeps on the devil's shoulders. Turning to Satan for comfort, his invitation is, Come unto me, all you who are grieved, peed, misused, disgruntled, and I will show you sympathy. See, that's that low-grade temperature again. There I will feed your soul on fears and indulge your ego with envy and jealousy and bitterness and spite. There I will excuse you from every cross, every duty, every hardship, and permit you to yield to temptation. So self-pity is not going to fix your situation. And then he tells you that, you know, we 
once we get to that point, when we get to that self-pity, we believe them three lines. I'm helpless. Uh-huh. I'm worthless. Yes. I'm unlovable. Because I didn't get what I want. But what happened is you forgot all the other things that God gave you and did for you. We may look at people and envy their money, their position, their looks, their social status, their recognition, their possessions, their popularity, their clothes, their authority, their personality, their relationships, their giftings. The ways of, and then we even, we even, we even, we even have envy of sinners. They look like they having a good time. They look like they don't have a care in the world. What we're doing is envying the ways that are destructive because we have not found ourselves. We envy others because of favor. We envy others because they look like they're having fun. We can envy anybody for any reason, but it's, it's going to grow and it's going to try and kill you. Let's look at some biblical examples. Remember, this is a virus left unattended. It will kill you just like an earthly virus. Mm -hmm. Satan envied Jesus. He wanted to be like like, like the most high, yes. like some of us, we want to be like that person. We need to be, we need to fall in love with what God created us yes. to be yes. and own it, not just like it, but own it, own develop it. it. You know, I called you to be. He accused God of holding out on him. Envy yes. always needs an audience. Mm-hmm. So, what does he do? He never stops and envy never stays contained because it needs to tell somebody. So then he goes and convinces Eve of the same, the very same trick. Envy, said Satan, is often our best weapon against those who seek holiness. Envy is a, it's, it's a weapon against holiness. We have to see what it is before we are going to point the finger at the devil. What are we saying with our decision processes? What are we saying with our money? What are we saying about our relationships? When we walk contrary to the word of God, we act as if we're God. We say, God, I know better than you. Then we have to look at Cain and Abel. Abel brought his first, he brought the best uh-huh. offer. Yeah. He expects, he expressed faith and he understood his state of sinfulness. And then here's Cain. Cain did not give God exactly what he wanted. It was, uh-huh. it's a matter of the heart. Yeah. We can do all the right things, but if our motive is twisted, uh-huh. then God is not going to accept it. No. And no. we see that his envy ended up murdering his brother. Murdering. Murder is the career of the envy. It is murder that envy. It is murder that it seeks to do. There are many ways to kill, but slander is the quickest way. Is a cane in your life? Are you have the cane spirit in your life where you're gossiping about people, killing people? Are you making up lies about them just because you have a you're supposed to admire them, but you have allowed it to switch into envy. Come on. He kills his brother because he went the extra mile to please God. Then we got Sarah. Sarah becomes jealous or envious of her handmaiden after she gave her husband. <laughs> after she gave her husband. Now, that was crazy. That's crazy. No, that we're not going, we ain't getting down like that. And ain't no money coming back into the household either. No. Forget it. 
So we have to be careful what we invent when we're in the wrong spirit because it may outlive you. So you got to be careful what you create when you're in the wrong spirit. Be careful what you entertain because that thing might live outlive you. Waiting is the test of what you really believe and who you really are. The waiting is what produces the character. The process is the prize. The process is the prize. You can start right and you can end wrong. You can start off trusting God and you can end up trusting yourself. But then it didn't just end. It didn't end with Sarah. Then you see three more generations. So the the, the effects of envy went through three, at least three generations. Envy shoots at others and wounds herself. Envy shoots at others, but wounds herself. And then we see Rachel. She becomes jealous after she do the same thing. And then she got her, her Leah. So she becomes jealous or envious of her sister who can have children. The effects is it became like gener- a generational thing with these people because they could not wait on the promise of God. And then we have Joseph who was envied by his brothers yeah. because of his dream. Mm-hmm. And what did envy do again? They left him for dead. Yes. They yes. left him. For, remember, the goal of envy is to kill. To kill. Envy hates those with excellence, with excellence. It is a canker to the soul and stops only at murder. We can see that in Genesis 37 through 37, 47. David and Saul, my God today. Look at that one. Here's a man minding his own business that just got a silent promotion by God that took years to come to pass. And here's a man (laughs) with everything he needed. But he is so intimidated, uh-huh. intimidated and envious of David because he stood up. Yes. He stood up for what he knew was right. He put God to the test. And if you look back at your life, you're jealous over somebody because they had the faith to do what you're scared to do. You have to stand up and be the person God called you to be. Be the entire person. Yeah. Now, here's a man. He's not just fearing a man, but he's fearing the entire army of Israel. Yeah. And when he got a chance to kill his enemy. Come on, come he on. refused to. So if you're the person out there, you might be on the other side of this envy. Maybe there's somebody that's killing you. Mm. Always treat your enemies well because they have something that you need. On, they are on. a gift from God. Yeah. They help you not to be underdeveloped. Envy is not loyal. It has no loyalty. Now we're looking at Jesus. Jesus, <laughs> he went to the cross because of envy. These people yes, envy yes. his his stance and his 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 call to excellence. Who he was, he was passionate about staying connected with yes, the Father. Yes. When he had a chance to deny Christ, he still stood for Christ, yes, and did. the people became envious of him. They were envy of his. Yes. They were envy because he could do what they couldn't do. Yes. But he stuck to his 
purpose regardless and to come up with an answer like forgive them Lord for they know not what they do when is the last time you said that about your enemies forgive them Lord for they know not what they do they don't know that they're playing a part in they're playing a leading a supporting role in what you're trying to do in my life and if it wasn't for your enemies you would be slow you would have missed the mark you would have missed the next train if it wasn't for your enemies they pressed you they crushed you they brought out they pushed you closer to God so somebody give God praise for every enemy that stuck their head up in your life it was necessary Necessary. Necessary. Now, what do I do with this virus? The man who keeps busy helping the man below him won't have time to envy the man above him. Yes, right. If you keep helping people, if you stay humble in the sight of God. Yes, yes then God will keep you at a place where you understand that if it was not for the grace of God, so would I. But it's important to help those that don't even have as much as you. Envy envy won't enter as long as you're being humble. Humble is the other end of envy. First, you must admit to God that you have a virus of envy. Envy is a virus. It will kill you quicker than the coronavirus will. It will kill you. It will go through your family. It will go through generations. Then you have to repent and lay out before God. Ask him into your heart and give him permission to fix you. It's not okay to just know it. We have to give it to God and we have to say, God, I see it. I agree with you. You say it's wrong. I say it's wrong. Now I need your grace to fix me and I need mercy while I'm being fixed God you should ask God to help you to understand what you resent why do you not have whatever you're envying whether you truly desire it and ask him to show you what you need to do to get there or give up the desire but not one time did the finger blame somebody else for you not being we have tolerate. We tolerate too much. Yeah. We tolerate too much, and therefore, when it comes to relationships, because you're used to being tolerated, you're the one being fake and phony, and then you 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 judge everybody else according to your where you are right now. But everybody's not fake and phony. There are some authentic relationships on you out yes. there for you, yes. and if you have been dogged out, give love another try. It's worth it. Yes. God yes. will match our efforts, but He will never do our work for us because that would invade his boundaries. He wants us to be assertive and active, seeking and knocking, seeking and knocking. When is the last time you had to have God to finish something or to complete a task? See, we don't put ourselves in the way of God. We don't put ourselves in the way of pushing and pressing. We have to put ourselves in the way, but we're standing out there on nothing, declaring everything, waiting for God to show up, waiting for God to say, put his rep 
reputation on the line. God, I'm standing here. I went to the hospital to heal somebody. I'm not I'm not encouraging you to go to the hospital right now, but let's just say, for example, I went to the hospital, God, because I felt like you let me there. No, God, I'm not putting all the pressure on myself. My job is to show up and be available and be a conduit of yes. Jesus to show to flow through my life. Yes. It is not up to my ability. It's not how much I pray. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. Yes, cultivate Ooh. a meaningful relationship, but show up Ooh. and put God's reputation yes. on the line. Yes. Be conscious yes. of, of, of it going forward. Now that you had that happen to you or you've entertained it for years, now is the thing that easily besets you. So you always have to put yourself in check. God, is that envy rising again? Is that don't wait till they get to envy. Is that jealousy rising again? Why am I jealous? Lay out before God. He has all the answers. Yes, Stay yes. repentive and for and not entertain it. When it arises, take notice. Serve the one you envy. Serve, Serve the one them. you envy. If you envy them, Ask God to open a door so that you can do something with them. Whether you work side by side or whether you serve them or whether you ask for advice. Don't give yourself permission not to like people. You have to do what's necessary. Now, I'm not talking about the wicked person that's just setting out to destroy um, relationships and destroy the oneness of the body of Christ. But I'm talking about, remember last week we talked about praying about relationships. Qualifying your relationships, yes, but yes. serve your enemy. If they have something that you admire, ask them. Just, just ask them, Lord, present an opportunity where I have to work with that person. It was somebody, I mean, I remember last year I was like, I was so up, uptight about something. I said, okay, Lord. And I know it was God that told me to ask him for it. And I said, Lord, present an opportunity where we have to work together. Do you not know when I got up the next day, there was a communication from that person and I had to get rid of my pride and work with the person. Do you not know the lesson? I couldn't have paid for the lesson. You know, they just might be the vehicle to your next greatest blessing. Yes, yes, yes. Few men have the strength to honor a friend's success without envy. Yes. All right. Learn to be content. Yes. Keep sharing what you have yes. and keep sharing your story. Yes. When every time you share your story, you blow up God and you minimize yourself. But as long as you keep sharing that story, keep sharing success, keep sharing what God has done for you, you won't have the chance to end up in that jealous state. And Philippians 4.11 says, not that I speak in regard to me, for I have learned in whatever learned. state I am. Learn. That means it's a process. Yes. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Yes. Content. Fools do not care about putting relationships right when they are in the wrong. The upright are concerned with mutual goodwill. So you got to understand, put your relationships right. Do all that you can to keep good relationships. So the truth for the day is we can convince ourselves that we are doing what, that what we're doing is right and justifiable, though it actually may be wrong and sinful. 
This this is sad, but a true fact shows that deception we the deception we practice on ourselves, half-hearted surrender of life to Christ, and Sunday rituals are not good enough. We cannot keep doing this half-hearted serving. Yeah. The world is looking for a savior. We have we are we are probably I, y'all know y'all have heard it before. We are probably the only Bible they read. More people are going to be won by what you overcome yeah, yeah. than they will the next greatest song or the Come next on. greatest sermon. You are the sermon for the hour. You are the sermon. Yeah. Get up and make your life count. Yeah. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. All hand work brings a profit. Yeah. But mere talk only leads to poverty, says Proverbs 4, 14, 23. Galatians, we're going to end. Galatians says, Galatians 6, 4 through 5 says, make a careful exploration, exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. And then sink yourselves into it. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't be impressed with yourself because you can succeed one minute. Let's go to seconds. You can be sore one minute and you can fail the next minute. Don't compare yourself with others. Compare yourself with your calling. Compare yourself with the word of God because you're not them. And when you're missing, who's taking your place? Each of us must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with yes. your own yes. life. Yes. And yes. ending Psalm 1611 in the Amplified says, you will show me the path of life. Your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Take note of yourself in this cabin mentality. If there are any traces of envy, have you made up stuff about people? Are you trying to excuse their success? Do you want to see that person suffer because they are succeeding? You have to realize, take note, take personal inventory. It's a virus and it's out to kill you. And the only antidote is humility and to give your life to Christ. Thank you so much. I pray that you got something out of tonight. I pray that your life, and when you come out of this, you nobody recognizes you. You may be in the same skin, but your outlook is different. Your talk is different. Your walk is different. You can't fail as long as your life is in Jesus' hand and you give him praise, glory, and honor. You're not going to fail, but I encourage you. Take the risk. Take the limits off God. This is your time. The stage is set for you to show up, but you can't show up with a bunch of baggage. Show up light and ready. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and may God continue to grow you during this time of cabin thinking. God bless you.